Welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of Four Seasons in a Funeral, the show where we go back and watch shows that had four good seasons and a Nick's old microphone of a fifth season. Today we're talking about <laughs> Season 3, Episode 6 of Fringe, 6955 kilohertz. My name is Charlie, and joining me today are Nick and David. Hi, I'm Nick. Hey, I'm David. Next time we, you, Charlie has to do an intro, we're not allowed to talk beforehand because otherwise he's just going to riff the intro off of whatever we yeah. say. It's just going to be... It's, it's so lame. It's just going to be like, all right, Charlie, go, and then just silence until you start talking. Yep. <laughs> hey, so the my problem backup, is, is then he's, my is backup then he's going was, to say... <laughs> my backup was steel types in Fire, Red, Leaf, Green of a fifth season. Stop just basing it off the conversation <laughs> so, we literally have before the recording starts. So, so David... David, the important thing is, is if we don't say anything before, Charlie's just going to reach the and a <laughs> of a fifth season. And it's just going to be silent. He's not going to know what to do because we haven't said words. I wonder how long the... that silence is going to get edited to when I run it through that filter. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder yeah. if that joke will make any sense. <laughs> the thought did cross my mind today to just go screw it. I'm doing a David style intro and jump ship oh, to that. <laughs> Join oh, no. Me. Join me. So that no. that might be happening in three weeks. Join me in the chaos. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, what have you guys been up to? Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter came out. <laughs> I've just been playing Monster Hunter. Monster Hunter is great. Everyone get Monster Hunter. I have I do need a new Switch game to play. Monster and I Hunter. have been considering it. Monster Hunter is good. Monster Hunter is great. It's a good fucking time. <laughs> No, it's either that or I okay. play through Mario Odyssey again. Monster Hunter. Listen, Monster Hunter is the perfect just pick up and you can play for like either 30 minutes or eight hours. <laughs> but it's like minimum yeah. a half hour, though, is the issue. Like I can't play it for 10 minutes because that's not enough time to finish a hunt. No, uh, it is. And so, uh, OK, so the thing is, the difference between one of the main differences between world and this is world was way more what what's the word i want to use uh, mainstream compared to it so oh, okay. rise is sort of a back to roots and uh part of that is that there are village quests and hub quests hub quests are multiplayer they're scaled up to deal with more people village quests are meant to be completed solo so okay. those match those ones you can like i'm averaging maybe 10 15 minutes for hunting like a brand new monster so like it's really not that right. much time maybe maybe i'll look at it then Village quests, on the other hand, take like 40 minutes. Or sorry, hub that's quests. Fun. But that's because uh, uh, it's also only two of us. And I think they're <laughs> scaled for four people automatically. So oh, gross. it's taking a while. It's fine. It's fun. <laughs> it's good time. Everyone get Monster Hunter. Oh, also I got a new cat. But that's, that's a side point to the fact that Monster Hunter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, David. It was, it's, it's really great because, yeah, like... <laughs> Friday came around, it's like, oh man, David's just gonna be playing Monster Hunter, and then you got a cat on Saturday. It's like, I wonder which one's gonna win out, and I guess I've learned which one's gonna win out. <laughs> well, no, he'll play Monster Hunter, and then when he needs a break, he just goes and snuggles the new cat. That's pretty much it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's just life now. Yeah, it's good. This is fair. The pr- what have you been up to, Nick? Uh, I have made it through the last like month and a bit of just like massive ball of stress related to this conference because i finally presented at the conference this week and that is finally over with yay and i do not have to worry about that for a while now now the next big thing i get to present is my master's thesis yay ah that's nothing (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) totally stress-free that how was the conference yeah 
Uh, it was good. Um, I as as expected because I got put in the COVID nineteen panel for like oral presentations. Surprisingly, my significantly more boring topic didn't win. Who would have seen that coming? <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> It was it was really awesome because there there was like I was like the first like talk of the day and then right before that they'd had this COVID nineteen panel and it was this like really really awesome panel I was hearing about like all this different like types of research and all these like different like you know medical imaging techniques that they've been using for like either looking at like COVID like scans like when someone has COVID or also looking at like the side effects afterwards mm-hmm. and then they have this really really with like fifteen minutes left of this panel. They bring on someone who, in, like, the start of, like, March last year got COVID, and it's this, like, 40-year-old woman who had, like, a terrifying experience with COVID, and it's just, like, this heartfelt, um, like, story about, like, what her journey through COVID was, and how she's still dealing with it a year later. And then they're like, I'm sorry, we've run out of time, but hey, we're going to have these great talks. Everyone who's sticking around in room one will continue the COVID talk because we're going to go into brain injuries and COVID-19 is our first session. And then I'm the first fucking talk. And I'm like, oh, yep, baby's brains and uh, <laughs> ventricle swelling. Definitely COVID related. Cool. Yeah, totally. To- totally. <laughs> oh, man. Everyone's kind of looking around like where he hasn't said the the magic word yet. And I'm looking, and it's like the last three talks, or like the last two talks are all COVID-related. They're like, why weren't they first? Why would you not put the COVID talks right after the COVID panel? One of the one of the people presenting in this literally had a 30-minute talk in the COVID panel. Why are they presenting with me? <laughs> Scheduling yeah, no, is it, tricky. It was, it was a good time other than that, but oh man, it was... <laughs> I felt really bad because I finished the talk and like you know one of the one of the chairs is like thank you for that enlightening conversation like talk about this uh, this idea and I'm like yeah this isn't what you guys are here for I I know all right I'll leave now go talk more about COVID <laughs> peace but hey you got it through your presentation that's all that matters yeah exactly I was Yay. also I think the only like pure like medical image registration talk out of like over a hundred at that entire conference like mm-hmm. <laughs> it's a very Jeez. weird time <laughs> well you got some presentation experience you got to go yeah. to a conference it, it's uh, quote it's unquote go to a conference it was <laughs> I, I sat at my desk yeah yeah sorry quote unquote go to a conference yeah I, I, conference I, came to me I, I hope the medical <laughs> conference wasn't in person right now uh, that seems <laughs> Come fly on down to Austin, Texas. <laughs> Actually, no, you can't go to Austin. They reinstated their mask mandate. Yes. Come fly down to Houston. Yep. There we go. Austin's Austin's the uh, Austin's the liberal part of Texas. There, you well, chose the that, wrong one, Charlie. That led to a super fun lawsuit where the Texas Attorney General argued um, Austin can't reinstate a mask mandate because the Texas governor used an emergencies act to disallow mass mandates so he used an act which grants emergency powers in the event of a an emergency and then told everyone that there is no emergency and that local municipalities can't say there is an emergency because he said there wasn't using emergency powers yep so a judge threw that case out and austin still has their mass mandate yep because that's nonsense but yeah charlie what about you what have you been been up up to to? nerd uh geez um (laughs) planning a new computer build because it started off with oh i just upgrade my cpu and my motherboard and that'll be it and it's very rapidly turning into i just need to buy everything but ram ram and hard drives 
And yeah, sorry, RAM hard drives are a GPU. I I need Good everything luck, else to be new. GPU. <laughs> though, though, I got some cool Twitch streams you can join if you want to get on the uh, notification team for when the, the, the RTXs come out. <laughs> oh god, no. I'll wait. <laughs> is there a, I'll wait to buy a discounted is there one I'll of buy those a discounted for, uh, 3000. Is there one of those for PS5s? Because I still need one of those. There's, mm-hmm. there's Twitter yeah, accounts for David, PS5s. That same one does PS5s. Yeah. I don't want a PS5 yeah. that badly, though. Like, I just kind of want one. I don't want a PS5 until the New Horizon comes out, and then I will I will actively hunt for a PS5. Because that's like that's my launch title. Is that's when I care but, about it? Because I don't. I'm not going to play Demon Souls, and there's nothing else. But don't to you want to play the cursed children's video game Bug Snacks? Bug Snacks, man, I love that song. That's a good song. <laughs> Just imagine if they went, hey, instead of fucking weird Bug Snacks, we could revive the Vita Pinata franchise. It's basically Viva Pinata, especially with the know, eating things just, and like the weird just capture mechanics. Label it, label it as Viva Pinata, and you'll sell. I mean, they so don't much own more. the license, though. You can't just do that. This is what I'm saying: <laughs> is get the license back, and then develop. Like you're, you're Sony. You have the money. I mean, it's not Sony though. It's not first. It wasn't a first party game. Was it not? No, it's um. So Sony does a thing where they'll uh do. It's basically. Though treat games is like a two point five oh, party, yum. where they oh, will do right, all the yeah. promotion. Essentially, that's what happened to No Man's Sky. Is that Sony essentially? Hey, you set, sound like you have a cool indie game. We will ha- pay for all promotion and PR, but they don't provide ah. any pro- uh, like development support. Essentially, yeah, okay. And that's how you get the the No Man's Sky dev on late night television, promising oh, great this promises. Is... Huh. This is the same company that did Octodad. Yeah. yeah. The total yep. indie devs, but like 2.5 uh, Sony release. They handled all okay. the marketing and stuff and promotion and PR, oh, okay. but not handled by their dev team. So, yeah, mm. they don't. I mean, Sony could technically, as part of that, could have reached out to Microsoft to get the Viva Pinata license, but I don't think Is Microsoft would give that away. It? Yeah, Microsoft owns it. Jesus. That's why we haven't seen one in a long while. It's one of the uh, licenses uh, Microsoft just sits on. Just burning, uh. But yeah, no. My current, my current theoretical build is gonna cost me like a thousand dollars. So I'm like, "Mm." yeah, it's fine. Do I really? You're getting tax money back. I am getting tax (laughs) money back. Blow all your tax money on computer parts. Well, I'm getting a fair amount of tax money back. Stimulating the local economy is good. Because I started, yeah, the Amazon local economy. Fuck you, Charlie. Go to go to your local Canada computers. God damn it. They're they're in- also, no, they're not. There's one in. Also, they Is won't there? have the components. And also, why are you guys doxing yourselves? <laughs> what are you talking about, David? Who lives at address here? <laughs> Just insert address here. Yeah, but it, it, uh, I started like I started my job midway through the year, and so I was getting a bunch of. <laughs> I'm getting a bunch of tax money back because it's not like they took too much off of it, so I get a big rebate. Like, yeah. It'll, it'll be a bit. I still have to like be comfortable with the idea that I have money to spend. Yeah, that's always that's difficult. Still a new thing. I'm yeah. three months out from being at this job for a full year, which is strange. Woo! Nice. Uh, and but you we still should don't talk. Feel burned out by it. Uh, there are some days, but I feel like I you jump have around a... projects. Yeah, often you have like enough. a full time dev job. That's not. It's that's not as dangerous getting burned out because you're working on different things at least right 
Yeah, it, I'll get burnt out if I'm working on like one component for a super long time mm-hmm. and if I'm stuck on something. But then once I move past it, it's like this is a different problem so I can think about it differently and it it, it works really well that way for me. Yeah. Solid. But yeah, let's talk about other strange things and other people getting burnt Stranger out Stranger Things, way. season three. <laughs> right? That's what we're talking about? Exactly. Of course. <laughs> this is now a Stranger Things podcast. Uh, the TV guide for this episode of Stranger Things reads, The Division investigates a case of more than a dozen people all over the East Coast suffering from memory loss caused by a radio's frequency. Meanwhile, Walter is discouraged by Peter's work on the Doomsday device. It's not an accurate TV guide. It's trying its best. It's not super inaccurate <laughs> this time for once. Like, this is, memory this loss one isn't is better caused than by a radio's frequency, though. Yeah, I mean, sort of. It's caused by it's the radio. Caused by a, it's caused by a signal broadcasted on that frequency. All right, Charlie, when we get to that section, I have some things I need to discuss anyways. Wait. Yeah, no, so I'm, don't worry about I'm excited to hear about the two Wait. guys who took signals and the guy who helped teach signals Wait, rant about mean, this. You mean you can't just overlay a signal on another signal and have it sound exactly the same and be secret? But it's not. It's a David. pulse hidden underneath the signal. Wait, what? Those are David, different when things. We get there, when we get there, I'll, I'll be upset for you and it's fine. I thought all, this, <laughs> I thought all the science was correct. <laughs> I, they got to that explanation scene. I'm like, Nick's gonna want to talk about this. <laughs> I, I I saw the explanation. I went. <laughs> All right. So to kick it off, uh, we are in the blue universe. So we're in our main universe, and we are looking in on some weirdos all basically turning down things to to go do things to uh, mess around for radio. I believe we start in the lighthouse first. Yes. Where a guy's like, he's the lighthouse keeper and he's directing a ship to shore because there's a huge fog bank. Mm -hmm. And then he like directs them in and then rolls over and he's like, oh, the broadcast is starting. Turn your radios to 6,955 kilohertz. Mm -hmm. And he's on like an old AIM message board as well. Also, also, uh, I I think this is the worst word art that we've gotten yet. Um, I don't know why, but this word art hurt the most. (laughs) Oh, the, the Stockton Harbor? Yes. Where they try to uh, they try to illuminate it, but it gets front lit when the light is coming from yeah, behind it. I think yeah. just they didn't have a proper lighting sim done, especially with a moving light like that. So it I think they imagine it like further back than it is mm-hmm. because main like cuts into that light beam. Like it's like it's a physical object in the path of it, but then everything is front lit. So I think the intention maybe originally was to have that word art further back, like depth-wise, and then they went, that's too hard to read, and so they pulled it forward without well, adjusting it. Or they could have just had it, like, darkened, like, actually, like, properly lit in the scene, especially with that light beam interacting with it, and they probably got a note somewhere that said no one can fucking read that, and so they just lazily yeah. raised the contrast or light on it, which is why it looks so yeah. weird. Yeah. I, I wouldn't be surprised if, like, that looked okay, and then someone came in later and went, it's not really legible. But it hey, is horrendous, um, though. But hey, we don't don't worry too much about that. Instead, let's uh, let's instead look a little bit at our three characters and get the intro to those three characters that are definitely going to play a major part in this episode, right? <laughs> yeah, we get um, cool lighthouse uh, keeper who's like into computers while also running a lighthouse, I guess. Yeah. Um, um, I can also see the usernames. I pause and I can see the usernames on the side. 
we have dollar dollar Jim Shady dollar dollar <laughs> sand <laughs> sand dot e Frank the pirate, which I have to assume is our lighthouse keeper. I'd really hope so. <laughs> Toby Obi Toby Obi I Kenobi. Okay, that's a fantastic username, though. Toby Obi I Kenobi. Uh, <laughs> Truth seeker. That's like, that's a boring one. Uh, that's also not they, you can't say that anymore either. No, uh, that that one's lost its uh, <laughs> lost its power. We'll say they are here with an alien face avatar. Oh, X Files fan. Yep, yep. Uh, woman in women in black, and I'm wondering if that's supposed to be a nun a, or something. I think assume it's a men, in, men black in black reference. Yeah, yeah. I was, I was assuming that's an MIP yeah. reference. Uh, Semper five. Semperfy nine seven eight six nine. So I'm assuming ex military or current military mm-hmm. skater, yeah, but but spelled S K at sign T capital R. Damn, not even an eight <laughs> in at sign. That's trash. Yeah, <laughs> which means it's with two T's, so it's actually scatter. Oh, oh that might actually work oh, better. Scatter is actually quite cool. Oh no, that is better actually. I'm, I'm cool. Then, I'm way more cool with scatter. <laughs> and then the last one is shut your mouth. Which I quite enjoy. You you miss but out it's... also because he asks if one of them like he messages like, "Hey, are you here, recluse? Something blah." Oh, yeah. Coming up to that because yeah. there's a a dude in Chinatown. He's got all these numbers on a whiteboard, and mm-hmm. his buddy's like, "Oh, her friend's gonna be there. She's super hot. What? You're gonna be a nerd and listen to the radio instead of party? Mm-hmm. Okay, then. See you later." Also has my favorite trope where they start the scene speaking uh, Mandarin and then randomly midway through swap to English for no clear reason. <laughs> because they can, Line David. in Mandarin, line in Mandarin, line in English that is important to the story. <laughs> yeah, he's What's the it? one He's the one who, he's like, oh, when I crack this code, they'll write books. And then he asks if Recluse09 is listening. Who is not a recluse yeah. because she has a husband and a child. Just a, yeah just to, to be fair we, they, they live they live far away from civilization it looks like i i mean i mean they could just live in the woods in like cottage country i just that's almost entirely what it is and she's just pretending she's a suburban house mom did either of you watch the um the charlie broker death 2020 um netflix special no no oh the charlie booker charlie booker yeah it's it's um it's not as good as his old screen wipes, but it's still pretty good. There's one character in there that's supposed to be like the um crazy Karen like character of this year. Yeah, and it's just <laughs> and it's just like yeah, I like to use the internet to like check my email, visit the bank, look at look at white power forms. Wait, what? <laughs> 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 and that's sort of what I felt like. Not the white power specifically, but just like the suburban house mom who's like also I'm part of this team that's worried about these weird numbers on radio stations on this message board but don't worry about that (laughs) what are your hobbies samantha oh you know i like listening to pirate radio stations on a ham radio i built in my spare time while i care for my infant you're like huh and then she's like i also like to knit (laughs) yeah and she did that is a plot point is the knitting as well but well, yeah, yeah so uh, they're let's, all t- let's let's get back into the three of, yeah. uh, into the three of our main characters here. They've all tuned tuned into this radio station um, after uh, our, our lighthouse man says to tune into sixty nine fifty five kilohertz. Oh, of course, it's sixty nine fifty five. Nice, nice. 
the Red Ooze high five. One day, one day we'll time that perfectly again, David. Oh, great. That was the uh, day I knew Nick and I were going to be great friends for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a very that was a very good one. We might have lived together for like two months already at that point, but yeah, no, that that was the turning point right there. So, audience, there was a time Nick and I were in class. Uh, I think we, we may have told the story before, but we were in class, and the uh, teacher, the professor was going over his notes and he's like okay moving on to the next page which is page 69 and he just very casually like says that and then without looking at each other nick and i both went nice <laughs> with the exact like, same at the same intonation, time. <laughs> exact same tone at the exact same time and we were sat in the front <laughs> row and the teacher and the professor just goes not gonna comment on that <laughs> he just like sighed like he knew it was coming but still it just hurt <laughs> i think i think my favorite story from like your engineering classes, because I didn't share anything with you guys past like second year. Right. Was when one of our friends, uh, she had she had the extra exam time because she has ADHD. Mm-hmm. So she gets three hours on exams instead of two. And she finished this particular test in advance and she's artistically inclined. So she drew a, a quick sketch of Albert Einstein. Oh my God, I was fucking furious about this. <laughs> and so the story goes, as the prof was taking up the exam, when I'm very disappointed in some of you, you guys didn't do too well on this test. And look, someone finished it with enough time to draw Einstein. And <laughs> David, I think you were like, that's so fucking bullshit. She had an extra hour. She had time and a half. <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> and the prof knew she had time and a half. <laughs> Yeah, because they come in different folders. <laughs> like the tests that have time and a half get brought separately from the other tests. <laughs> oh, this is one of my favorite stories. Anyways, so they're listening to this radio station. Uh, Recluso Nine, the mother, is recording, and the broadcast comes on, and it's a voice, I believe, in what is this Dutch? Um, I, I thought think it was it's still Dutch. English. It's just sounded like a child's just, voice. I think it's just no, a it's, weird voice and modulated weirdly. No, it's yeah. Dutch because it's not. It? It, they're not listing off the the numbers in English. Oh, I couldn't tell. So, yeah. um, the I wiki told, says I, I could the t- wiki says Dutch. Yeah, but do All you right, believe what? the wiki? <laughs> I do because the ellipses are gone. Oh, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so she starts typing out, translating the numbers and typing them out into the chat room. And then suddenly she gets like this super intense (laughs) migraine, but, and her head like goes back. But then, so it happens to the lighthouse keeper and, um, the, uh, Chinese guy as well. Mm -hmm. And like, they all have like this super intense migraine. And when the broadcast is over, people like come back to see them, like, the one guy's friend comes back because he forgot his ID, which, like, why are you going clubbing without double-checking? You have keys, wallet, phone, you're an amateur. Um, and, like, the guy's kind of confused. Um, the lighthouse keeper wakes up, and someone's being like, hey, how do we get through the fog? And he's not answering, and he looks really confused. And the husband is doing the dishes and notices the wife come into the kitchen. And he's like, what are you doing? And she's like, get back, and grabs a knife. And she's like, I don't know you. Who am I? And then that's our cold open. Who am I? You know, as as you normally Who do, if you I? don't remember if you don't remember anything, and you wake up in a random house, grab a knife and threaten the homeowner. I mean, well, I mean, you could assume you've been kidnapped. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah, fair. She would survive a horror movie with those instincts. Like, yeah, <laughs> instantly arm yourself. Don't trust anyone. 
Yeah. So yeah. that's our cold yeah. open. People listen to some numbers and then forget who they are. Oh. Well, and some weird music in the background as well. Yeah. Yeah. Some and... creepy circus music happening in the background. Yeah, I didn't enjoy this cold open. Like, it was <laughs> creepy. Really cool. I mean, that makes it creepy. a good cold open. Nah, what, why yeah. can't we have a cold open where everyone's just happy and enjoying life? Uh, I think the last time that we, wouldn't be fun. Last time we did, someone's mouth sealed over itself. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, that was also horrifying. <laughs> so let's not be happy because it won't last. Yep, nope. And then so we cut back from the cold open to um, Peter bringing Olivia breakfast in bed. And I have a note here that's, man, when Olivia gets back from the Outer Universe, she's going to be real pissed she missed the honeymoon phase. (laughs) 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 With the breakfast in bed and all that nice stuff. And she's going to ask, well, what did you do for her? And Peter's going to go, well, I bought her tickets to see you too. And she goes, oh, thank God I missed that. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to go, thank God I hate concerts. I'm glad you got that out of your system. I I fucking hate you too. specifically. I have beef with him. Wait, what? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> That's one fringe event you weren't around for. <laughs> I'm legally banned from U2 concerts, so it's a good thing you didn't go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, we just get it's it's just a happy scene, right? Like nothing, nothing creepy yeah. or unsettling or gaslighty about this at all. Yeah. <laughs> and then Walter no. calls Peter, and he's upset because Peter's been working on the to kill everyone with sound box. And Walter's like, I won't allow my lab to be used this way, even though they're at Harvard. And I was like, surely this could be done at Massive Dynamic. Because like, yeah. Walter's the, the sole shareholder of that company. So. <laughs> well, well, I'm assuming Walter forbade Peter from working at Massive Dynamic on this because you know, he'd get a lot more progress done at Massive Dynamic than he would in the Harvard lab. Yeah, yeah. Why are you working on this alone when you own all of Massive Dynamic? Like, come on. Yeah. Well, because Walter doesn't want him to work on it. Yeah, but I mean, yeah. just in general, anything, just offshore it to Massive Dynamic. <laughs> yeah, go behind Walter's back. It's fine. Um, and then Olivia, or sorry, Bolivia, um, gets a call because they're like, oh, we'll have a nice normal day. I'm like, you're FBI agents who investigate crazy stuff randomly. Like, you don't get to schedule time without actually booking vacation time. Like, I, are you sure? Because literally what I got from that was, man, but I'm watching the scene. Therefore, they do not get to have a nice day. Yeah. That yeah. Was... <laughs> what, what would you do if this episode of Fringe, like the cold open was happy and normal and it's just them being like, we're going to have a nice normal day. And then they did. Like, <laughs> I want a show to try that sometime and just not I feel like have the episode plot would for just episode. get like ripped on. Like everyone oh, would be like, 100%. "This was like terrible. There was no entertainment value." Yeah. They literally just like went and did some grocery shopping. <laughs> no one, no one would enjoy it. Like that's the problem with really meta things like that is that no one, none of the, like the mainstream critics and none of the mainstream audience enjoy it as it's happening. They're just angry yeah. that it happened. Like, um, especially, especially if you had like massive buildup, like the way to do it is you have massive buildup in the previous episode and then there's oh just my an God. interlude episode just, before the next one. No, no, you just have trailers like next time, something we've never, ever seen or before in fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Repair for our life defining event. Never seen before. The picnic. <laughs> I was, I was talking to my girlfriend. I was like, I want to be a, a TV show producer or writer. 
because then I would get my lead actors on board because it's I'm thinking like 23 episode season kind of stuff. And then somewhere in the middle of the season or like at a random point, I would start with their permission, start leaking that we were having contract disputes and that they were really unhappy being on the show. And then you could actually do a major character death fake out properly. Oh, because you would plant that seed and be like, oh, man, like he's not happy on the show. Maybe this is them writing him out instead of it being like, oh, well, no, he has well, no, a disease. So, so, They'll solve it. So, by so Charlie, the so Charlie, the way that you do that is that you have you state like, you know, two characters like you're having like contract issues with like two of the main like characters. Let's say that there's four main characters and then you kill off a different one. Like that would be perfect. <laughs> <laughs> straight up it's like actually no this person was like an asshole and we hated them we wrote them, wrote them <laughs> off immediately uh. but just I, I like I like the idea of doing that of actually making those monster of the week like oh he's being held hostage he'll get out of this and then you just kill him <laughs> random like, episode they're dead yeah like episode 9 of season 2 he's dead and then the mid season finale is dealing with the fallout from that Huh. But but what if instead it was just one of the main characters was just the cold open and you're just like watching and you're like, oh man, they're going to get called to something. It's like, nope, they're just dead randomly. Like a serial <laughs> killer came in and just murdered them. What the fuck? Again, we should be writing TV is what I've got from this podcast is we're such good idea people. We should just write a TV mm. show. Uh... Oh, <laughs> no, thank you. I think no, the issue you. of that is none of us have the technical skill of writing. Like, we Have you seen TV ideas. today? Yes, no, but that's that's ideas. That's all ideas. That's not technical writing skill. Like, sure, David, it's real David, Big stories. Bang Theory is the most successful TV show in history. Yes, and it has terrible content and terrible jokes, but it's very technically well written as a structured t- television show. It is technically so, so, so. well written. Is so, yeah, what I'm Charlie, saying. My, my my rebuttal to what you're saying is: Have you listened to our podcast? <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I've never listened to a full episode. Good. I don't like the sound oh, of my upsetting. own voice. Anyway, interrupting let's, their perfect let's... day, which totally would have been a better episode. Uh, Bolivia gets a call from Broyles, and they're on the crime scene where 15 people, all using shortwave radios, suffered at the same time retrograde amnesia. And yep. fringes on the scene because Broyles is like, they think this might be a test for a terrorist attack, which. That's a really inventive terrorist attack. I mean, yeah, basically removing everyone's memory and then also like would be terrifying and very effective. Yeah. To be fair, we 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 get the terror attack later technically. <laughs> I mean, you could also like if you broadcast it over TV and like mind wipe say 80% of the population, then you just got to swoop in with your army and say, "Hey, what happened? You're our country." And you went dark, and then you just rewrite history from there. Yeah, just just play it during the Super Bowl. Just yeah. halftime. <laughs> You'll hit everyone eventually. Oh, jeez. <laughs> just saying, it's a good plan. <laughs> All right, where are we in story? Uh, they're um, walking up so... to the crime scene walter's being yeah where we go into the house and we get the we get the background behind it we hear about the number station um and we see that all of these people like they're they're just completely wiped like they've been taken to the hospital they have no recollection as to anything that's going on and the only link that they all have is that they're all part of this uh numbers number station forum to which you know everyone in the french team is like the fuck is a number station 
But don't yeah. worry. That's why uh, that's why we have Nina. <laughs> well, to Peter's like, oh, it looks like she recorded the broadcast. And that's all he says. And Walter goes, <clears throat> yeah, but if we play it, then our minds will get wiped, you fucking moron. <laughs> yeah. And I Wal- get Walter they want took Walter a, to took a be- trip. Yeah, I oh well he <laughs> that's the other thing where he's talking to Broyles because he sees the the tape recording. He's like, "Oh, I haven't seen one of these in years. I used to get blasted out of my gourd listening to Beatles songs on reverse, looking for hidden messages." And Broyles is like, "Excuse me." <laughs> Broyles just accepts it at this point. Yeah, yeah. The um, it's just the thing is with Walter is that he cannot let anything go. And this is just more examples of it, of him just, like, <laughs> not being chill about this at all and constantly bringing it up. Yeah. Well, no, Walter, yeah. Walter just went to Massive Dynamics uh, Seattle division for, like, a week. <laughs> and still, you know, take, getting, getting rid of the effects of that. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, they mentioned number stations, and Bros is like, oh, number stations. And they're like, you know what that means? And he goes, yeah, I know everything. And you guys just need to ask the right question before I can tell you. Basically, um, and then we do a hard cut, and suddenly they're at massive dynamic with Nina being like, "Yeah, there's number stations. They broadcast numbers in different languages. No one really knows what they're for. Not even us." Anyways, we we were tasked to figure out who who like made these numbers like broadcasts. We don't know. Oh well, we pocketed that money. It was great. Yeah. Here's, um, here's all of our case files on it. Yeah, and Walter gets an idea and is like, hey, I gotta go set all this stuff up. Um, also, I need to hit up child development on the sixth floor, right? And Nina's like, seventh. She's like, Peter, go with him. <laughs> he spent a half hour in front of a utility closet thinking it was the elevator. That that was not what I was worried about when Walter was going to the child development st- stage <laughs> of uh, Massive Dynamic, given Walter's sterling track record with child development and experimentation. Yeah, could have been way worse. Yeah. <laughs> I've brought three children. Wait, what? <laughs> well, no, don't worry. They're toddlers. They don't have any memories. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then we're we're starting to see Bolivia's cracks kind of forming in her entire cover. She's not getting some details quite right because uh, she asked Nina, "Hey, can you? You've known Walter a long time. Maybe you can talk to him because him and Peter aren't getting along." And Nina's like, "You know Walter better than I do at this point. Maybe you should talk to him." What's that? And also, why you're haven't way you more talked to him? Direct usually, like you don't take yeah. no shit from him. <laughs> The fuck are you doing being sneaky and like, you know, yeah. go, going behind someone's back? What are you? Some you're almost acting like, like a... <laughs> yeah, you're acting like a deep cover spy. And it's just Bolivia going, oh, well, you know, uh, complicated, you know, things. Yep. It's complicated. All right, I'm, gonna I'm go fucking now. his son Bye. now. It's... <laughs> oh, look, there's a break-in at a radio tower. Gotta go. <laughs> and this scene also bugged me because bros and her like someone reports a break in at a radio tower and they walk in and they see that there's like a security guard shot in the head and then they don't pull out their guns <laughs> well <laughs> well obviously the scene's already been cleared to, to be fair so let's just look at the dead bodies yeah, to be fair they do talk to someone outside of it and like they imply that they already know sort of what's going on so i'm just saying it's like, not like they're in... the first to arrive to this crime scene Though, to be fair, there should also be people removing that dead body. Why are you just leaving the dead body there? Well, Broyles might have said, don't touch anything in case it's fringy. 
We'll also we'll also don't touch the tesseract at the back of the station. <laughs> that's not a tesseract. That's just a three dimensional cube. That's not an infinity gem. <laughs> well, the tesseract wasn't a gem. It was the housing for the gem. God, David. I, I, I stand by tesseract. <laughs> <laughs> it's a floating cube hooked up to some cables. Ooh, and it's letting Ooh, out this low humming noise as well, right? This this next scene also bugs me because they're like, oh, how is it floating? Like, what's up with the magic cube? And Broyles is like, oh, it seems like there's mag- there's magnets on the internals. And it's like, yeah, no shit. How is it floating, though? You can't just say <laughs> magnets and ask me to talk to a Mormon. <laughs> magnets. But magnets. how, if you, but if you how get is get that reference, floating? shout out to you, you old man. <laughs> but how is it floating? It's just magnetic. That's how it is. And... So like, magnets are upsetting <laughs> in how difficult to understand they are, and yet how simple they are at the same time. Yeah, it's just, magnets it's very upsetting to me. Magnets are weird. So you have like this FBI tech like doing all these tests, and then he just pulls some cables out, and the entire thing falls. Yep. And he's he's got gloves on, and he's about to take this panel off, and Burles is like, "Wait." Hand me the the fingerprint hand me dust. The fingerprint spray. Well, no, he says, "Give me the the printing dust," and then they hand him some spray. Yep. And he's like, "It's impossible to work on um, microelectronics micro- with gloves." Which uh... and I'm like, "There's a dude doing it right there." <laughs> also, yes, it is because you could use tweezers you... for a lot of it. What? What do you think, David? Uh, if I, I don't want to see Broyles's, if Broyles does any builds, I don't want to know how gross his circuit boards look. Because <laughs> you can I, get like, like anti-static out, gloves or like just, gloves that reduce I, static buildup too. I'd, I'd like to point out that anything that NASA sent into space um, is a very good example of microelectronics nope. that someone you know, got had, their had gross human oils all over that rover. Yep, totally. <laughs> It's just him being like, it's impossible. And I'm like, Broyles, they could have taken that panel off wearing gloves, taken their gloves off, done the electronics, put gloves on, and put the panel back on. Or they could have just used tweezers. Like, come on, Broyles. Like, like, it's a good catch, but your reasoning is flawed, and therefore you're a bad agent today. (laughs) And I'm taking a gold star away from you. (laughs) This isn't the red universe. You're not allowed to be bad at your job. <laughs> Seriously, you're all supposed to be good at your uh, job here. Yes, but hey, they they get the fingerprint. Time to go run that. Uh, at the same time, let's uh, let's take this cube back to uh, back to Walter for him to figure out what the fuck is going on. But before we can get the cube to Walter, um, Walter's going to figure things out in a different way. Ooh. Um, and he's he hasn't taken children, um, but he has figured out a way to. Um, allow them to hear the the broadcast without losing their minds literally um and it's through some modulation bullshit um yep nick this it's your time 100% accurate uh, science right 100% so, accurate so math. so here's so so here's here's what like kind of makes me like they 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 tried um because so when you're when you're broadcasting something over the radio, like like what they're doing here with like sixty nine fifty five kilohertz, you have a carrier frequency, and that carrier frequency is that like top wave that they've got there, um, where um, you essentially shift everything that you're trying to transmit up to that frequency, and then you transmit it across that, and then you shift it back down so that people can hear it again. 
And then you've got whatever's within your carrier frequency that you're trying to have your sound be, which they have as the, in this case, the pulse, despite the fact that it's also the sound, like the numbers that they're saying is the normal <laughs> thing. So they've got a carrier frequency within a carrier frequency, which is already bullshit. Uh, you mean you can't just Fourier transform that wave to get what they showed? No. <laughs> Well, because no. like, to my uneducated eyes, it looks like the normal number frequency is like a general sine wave. Like, it's, yeah, the it normal like number wave, frequency is the, 6955 kilohertz. It's the carrier yeah. frequency. But then the bottom one looks very square wave. <laughs> no, that's fine. You can have so, you no, can no, have okay. like whatever I, bullshit you want. I see in the there. problem. I see the problem, Nick. They are not even talking about the actual ray radios work in carry frequencies. Like you're thinking too real logic. They're saying, "Hey, <laughs> this is what the signal that's coming through the radio is. See how we split into two things." They're not even. They're so, not even talking about the actual carrier frequency. They're just lying essentially. No, they're 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 looking at the recording and they're saying, "Listen, you, you know how radio works, but what if we did radio again, but this time in someone's mind?" Um, and they did I, all of the like I, tuning out. I still think you're being too generous for them understanding how radio works. I think in their mind, they took the wave recording that comes out the radio and divided that sound into two waves, not yeah, the actual no, I, frequency I hoping... that's being sent over the radio. <laughs> Well, no, I'm assuming that, yeah, no, what they're like is, hey, this is the recording, so it's after it's already been demodulated, yes. but then we had to demodulate it again. Yes, that's what, that's, um, that's what I'm saying they're saying. And he demodulates yeah, it is... with a guitar foot pedal. <laughs> is, yeah, I, I, that's not even what upsets me, the fact that it's it's very easy to do that, on, like, if you wanted to. <laughs> you can demodulate like that. Um, but hey... I, yeah. This makes me upset because this is whatever I taught, like whenever I was a TA for signal processing, one of like the like last concepts that you can kind of talk about is like radios and how those work. And it's really, really cool to learn because it's like, wow, all this math that I learned actually does something nah, that I'm used to. No one cares about that shit. <laughs> math is useless. No one ever uses it in real life. Oh, it's just, it's so upsetting to see. Who uses math you... in real life? Especially algebra. That letter shit. That's stupid. I use Boolean algebra sometimes. Demorgan's pops up more often than you would think. I get irrationally angry every time I see those dumb jokes, like or dumb memes, which is like, oh, I hate. I liked math until the letters showed up. I'm like, I get irrational. Letters angry. were always there. <laughs> like, you just didn't know it yet. Gets. I don't know why. It's just like I get so angry about it. Like. <laughs> Just, you know, what you should really be angry at is the fact that there are bad math teachers that like basically if you have a single bad math teacher between like grades like three and like 12 you're fucked if you have like one bad math teacher it can like just screw you yeah, over forever I, I mean if you have a bad teacher just for anything in that age it can fuck you for that like topic like math math in particular though there's a reason by by the time that you hit uh university why so many people hate math and it's because they've had one one or two bad math I don't teachers think, i don't think that's math any more than english because if you have a bad english teacher i can see people hating grammar and shit well and teachers no, are really on the, that like i think i think the difference is like for english yeah like bad grammar can build up but everyone kind of inherently knows how to like read and comprehend a story and like it's very intuitive I, to be like the I author. Do the author not meant think this. They do though, because reading but comprehension on, is such an issue now 
with just yes. people's tweets and shit. I don't think people <laughs> inherently can read something and understand what it means. But like, I, I think it's I think it's more intuitive than memorize these transformation laws and apply them in a situation yes. you should be able to identify. Yes. I think I would math that, is in but- I think that relates to having a bad teacher because you shouldn't just yes. memorize. You need to be taught why you're doing it. And but the process. this is this is what I'm but saying is is like that stuff is kind of inherently unintuitive to a degree versus like your social sciences. Yeah. So you. Uh, so, so I think so more so the, the one th- the one thing that we'll say is you got to is you got to be careful about about those about going down that sort of path mm-hmm. because i definitely have also thought in those sort of ways where it's like oh the hard sciences if like you fuck up like one thing one time then all of a sudden everything past that gets fucked and no it's still the same thing for social sciences it's just because we're so used to the like what we've done that we're like yeah no this is where it's hard but no i no no i'm just i'm just saying I, this is why this yeah. is why certain this is why a large majority of people don't like math class is cuz it eventually gets boiled down to memorize this and then use it when i tell you to not like i i definitely think math classes need to move towards like this is what pythagoras's theorem is let's derive it ourselves this is why it's useful well, that, like i think this relates to nick's if you have a bad math teacher like the bad math teacher yes. is going to tell you to memorize it and if, so, like a good so math yeah, teacher have, will teach you, have, you the process and why you're doing what you're doing which is how it's, math, it's because I think, is... like every year of math, once you hit grade nine, essentially um, builds off of the previous yeah. year so much that if yeah. you have one year where you're just confused, then you're just confused and using like hacky tricks that you don't quite understand for the rest of well, like your math career. Again, I feel the same way for uh, English or for actually writing. Like if you don't figure out oh, how to yeah. write a proper like paragraph or figure out how to write a proper essay by the time you're like 18, like. It's not a skill that's easy no. to learn at that point because you've already so you're so set in the way you write and yeah. you're so set it's, in the way like, you speak. Yes. Like it's like you'll you'll hit English teachers where you're like, when should I use a semicolon? And they're like, never. Just don't touch it. It's too complicated. When you talk to like my sisters are English majors, and so they can actually explain. This is when you use a semicolon. You should mm-hmm. use semicolons. They're very helpful. Semicolons are very helpful. It, it, that's part of like uh, I don't know that kind of formal writing is starting to go away though it's an interesting it's an interesting problem because with the whole anti-science narrative that's been going on the anti-science push uh part of the complaints for it which one of the only complaints that i actually can agree with and understand their point is that scientific like writing for scientific people and writing for scientific papers is very pretentious in the structure and the dictation and the form of it and that can be a huge turnoff to boards people if they haven't had that formal I, academic training. Yes. And so I would like to yeah. I'd like to go a step further than that as well as someone who's been like who like has worked in the scientific field and has done stuff both on like an engineering side and like a science side. Um, specifically when I was working on the science side, there was a push to make things difficult to understand so that you sounded smart to yeah. your peers. It's all um, posturing and all that kind of stuff, which is yeah. very toxic it, and makes those kind of people... entirely academic posturing. Yeah, and it <laughs> makes those kinds of people who are anti-science and anti that kind of, like, ac- academia, it gives them a strong, like, valid point that it is very yes. prestigious and it is trying to literally exclude them. So, yeah. like, that's a thing I can understand and why I think, like... And even if, even if you get past that part, just the language required for certain papers 
Like, mm-hmm. unless it's a declarative the proof of something. The jargon and the understanding, like... Just... Well, you have to... The, this suggests, we propose. Yeah. You can't say anything declarative because then your findings are invalid because yeah. it's not declarative. And that can throw a bunch of people off where it's, what's the point of this? They don't know. Yeah. It's, it's a matter of education. But then I also think, like, that's a problem with having, like, this is what you this is how we sound like or this is how we write when we're like casual versus this is how we sound when we're formal yeah because there are certain people who don't get the training for the formal so they don't understand it and they try to compare it like it's casual speak and so they misunderstand yeah yeah and it's oh this this doesn't have a firm enough tone so we're rejecting it yeah and you get into like yeah yeah everything needs an overhaul education is screwed yeah. One of the most important things in the scientific field at this time is trying to make things accessible to people outside of your discipline. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there are some people who understand and are trying their best to do that. And then there are some people who are worried that if they simplify their things, then all of a sudden what they're doing won't look as good as it actually, it like as they think it should be. Yeah. It won't be a special, which is, don't. I mean, it probably won't be, but that's really not a bad thing. Like... No. This pursuit of science shouldn't be for personal glory. It should be for helping if you, everyone in general. If you want to be the lone expert in your field, you shouldn't be. Like, like, the, like your so, end goal should not be the one person on the planet who yeah. can talk about a thing. So, so, for example, if I want to make something incomprehensible to, for example, a listener for my research, I would say <laughs> that what I'm doing is I'm applying um, deep learning techniques uh, to 3D ultrasound images um, to attempt to perform uh, time series uh, registration uh, through. And I can just continue to make up bullshit, as I'm saying, with yep. like buzzwords that work well in the scientific field. If I want to make it so that someone can actually understand what my research is, it's, oh, I'm trying to make sure that you can take two images, two scans that were taken like between two different time points and have them have commonality, like have them be common between so that you can actually compare the differences. Yeah. So get rid of any motion or things that's going on. And boom, all of a sudden, like what I'm saying makes sense. The other way yeah. makes sense if you have like, you know, six months of training in my field. Yeah. <laughs> hey, welcome. Welcome to tech where you can know everything in depth, but for anyone who's ever done it support either professionally or for family you know the struggle of how do i simplify this issue down to computer did thing wrong here's how you make computer do thing right and that needs to be applied to everything it's it's just it's a problem on both ends of the scale with people like making up jargon that doesn't need to exist or being overcomplicated, but also with other people refusing to even do the basics of learning things like People aren't making it easy to learn, but then people also aren't trying to learn either. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely a two-way street. Yeah, there are both sides of it. Like it's not—it's definitely hey. not your res- like your responsibility as a person to make things easy to understand to like super easy. Like you, it's definitely also on the other side. Like they need to try as well. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, it, so my thing is, is that you should be when you're if you're writing something that is academic or that you're trying to get like out to the public, um, and you're trying to make it so that this is something that's like readable for like most people, you want it to be easy to understand until making it easier to understand makes it significantly more lengthy. Um, so, if what I'm doing, if I can explain a concept in one to two sentences, I will. If I can't, then I reference a paper that does it um and that's that's how you do with like concepts and anything that's that's doing things if you can explain it within a like a sentence or two you do it if you can't then 
you give it to someone else to try and do. And unfortunately, that's where you got to go and like do the research. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so to apply this to a real world topic, I can't sum up the rest of this fringe episode in an episode or two, or a sentence or two. So I'm passing this off onto David. I'm passing it off to exactly. Nick because we are at 53 <laughs> <God> minutes. <laughs> Alrighty. And we're only 15 minutes into the episode. Uh, that so... was a real long tangent. I apologize. <laughs> I well, So I'm kind of glad that we got that tangent out. It was going to happen at some point with Fringe. And I'm glad that we got that tangent out. It's really uh, going to happen with sci-fi in general. Like, just... Yeah. All right. But but it, it's, it's time, isn't it? Uh, all right. Give me one second to collect my thoughts. <laughs> Where 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 were we even? Okay. Um, all right, they were talking about the signal. We're fucking digital modulation. Uh, so, um, what's happening here is we've got Walter basically being like, "Hey, um, the numbers aren't actually what was causing it. Someone's hijacked the numbers, and they're putting um, this other signal in here, and it's causing people to lose their minds um, and erasing memories." Um, so now we know what's going on. Uh, but why are they doing this? Why, like, why is any of this happening at all? Uh, so, um, all right, I need to skip over to the next <laughs> concede. <laughs> oh, God. All right, um, so <laughs> we've, we've learned that there's bad things happening um, and that there's someone who's you know, nefariously doing this who doesn't actually, like, you know, do the, like, numbers broadcast themselves, likely. Um, but hey, uh, let's now cut to our main villain of the episode carrying a box and going to a radio station to probably murder some more people. Um, <laughs> and after seeing his face, we'll see his face again, but this time in a photo because uh, Olivia or Bolivia and uh, Peter have went back to go see if uh, Recluso Nine's husband, um, you know, is actually just a nefarious person and knows who this person is. Um, because they've, they've lifted the fingerprint from the box. Sadly, he doesn't. And that, that was just a wasted trip out to the camp. Um, except for Walter trying to help with uh, remembering. With helping this uh, poor woman like get back her memories. Um, but we'll have those two be interspliced. Where our, uh, our, our villain is going and uh, put, plugging in his, his second cube into the radio station. And Walter having this lovely, heartfelt conversation with this woman where Walter realizes how similar he was to her when he can't, you know, he was he came out of uh, St. Clair's and couldn't remember anything for himself. Didn't know what was even real, really, at the time. Um, and once again, realizing the horrors of the, the fringe world and I guess trying to figure out if this is also his fault. Because everything's Walter's fault at the end, right? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, most of the show is this is Walter's fault, even if it isn't directly his fault. <laughs> that kids is why you never publicly publish your research. No, that kids is why you don't do science. Don't Ignore join... what we just said. Make your topic insular. Don't join mainstream academia. Just get get a nice degree and go make money or something. We need to go uh... back to the sponsor threat, uh, the sponsor method, where you have rich barons paying scientists to bolster their libraries. Yes. I, can we go back to the era of having hermits that live on your property? That's what I want to be. Just I'll, I'll ignore everyone. I'll stay in a room, and you just pay me to live on your property. Could be um, the end to homelessness. Yeah. 
but yeah, we uh, sort of hit the end of Walter's uh, touching scene there and goes and talks with Olivia. And you can tell that Olivia's trying her best to uh, <laughs> remember um, and still can't quite get it. But it's OK, because Peter's going to come in and uh, definitely not also make her more confused by going, hey, uh, the husband did have something useful. Here's a list of a bunch of the like people that do uh like, like we're researching the number station. Any of these people, like you know, ring a bell. And yeah. He like points at a person's name. You recognize anything? And just fully with goes, your perfect memory. Fully goes, uh, yeah. Who, who the fuck is Ed Marco? <laughs> <laughs> um, and who can forget Ed Marco? He, he's awesome. He's our uh, local. He's appeared slightly seedy bookstore. He's man. appeared so many more times in Fringe than I thought he would. Even though this is his <laughs> third appearance, I'm astounded that he's appeared three times really thought he was gonna remember be like a he has appeared he has he has appeared three more times than big eddie um <laughs> and therefore he is the real ed or eddie <laughs> just so astounded like that they completely drop big eddie oh uh, but this guy is back again like hey david just remember your one shot had more references to big eddie than like this whole season Oh my gosh, I don't want to think about that. Yeah. <laughs> but um... um but yeah, let's let's go back to uh Joseph Fuller, our bad guy, who's mm-hmm. um putting his cube putting putting this cube into the radio station, but oh no, one of the, resi- the one of the transistors is broken. Good thing he's got a spare. Slaps that bad boy in there, does some quick soldering with a fancy solder gun and without um, gloves on. Life can, is good. But can I point out that he used tweezers to put that chip back in? <laughs> Yeah, but David, he's not wearing gloves because it's impossible. Okay, just, it's impossible to wear gloves I, while working with that. Can I just point out that he did use tweezers here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, as as he's doing that, all of a sudden we've swapped from Olivia and uh, Peter to an airplane as the intersplice scene. Yep, as uh, some pilots having some uh, some air issues, but he figures it out and they land safely. Yep. Yes, he just has to change the radio station because the radio station that he's on is uh, not working anymore because, you know, thunder and lightning, it only affects certain frequencies. Very, very frightening. Uh, Galileo, 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 Galileo. <laughs> okay, so he doesn't no. land it safely. He changes the radio station to the curse station and then freaks the fuck out when and he loses, loses his memory <laughs> and he's in a crashing plane. He's like, who is flying this? Oh, no. And then everyone screams. Can't be me. <laughs> um, but yeah, don't worry. We don't have to see them all die. They uh, will just pretend. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's only six <laughs> dead people. Yeah. Uh, and um, but Walter's let's... like, I can't solve this. And Astrid's like, neither can I. And they're like, we're screwed. We're screwed. If Astrid can't look, solve these it. numbers. <laughs> like, Astrid, look at the numbers. It's not alternate. <laughs> The Man. numbers, Astrid, what do they mean? Olivia not being great at her job this episode, just, like, not remembering <laughs> shit. So, so what I was really phase. hoping was, I was really, really hoping in this episode that they were going to have all these clues, and Bolivia was just going to be like, Astrid, the fuck, why aren't you better at this? <laughs> <laughs> Astrid. Hey, wait, why, why are you maintaining eye contact with me? <laughs> I saw Brandon and he wouldn't look me in the eye. <laughs> you guys swap? Like, what the fuck's going on? Do I need to go get Brandon for this? Like, I can go grab him. Doesn't he work for us? Isn't he a government employee? And they're like, what the fuck? Wait, what? 
<laughs> but yeah, so instead of thinking about death, Astrid goes, let's listen to Bach. That makes you feel happy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then there we cut to the bookstore and uh, Markham is like, oh, hey, um, the dude who invented the radio heard the first transmission, which implies that the transmissions have been going off before human beings invented a radio receiver. Which, you know, that's that's cool. That's definitely normal. Yeah, uh, so he gives them a book called The First People, which was written in 1897. Um, by Seamus Wiles. Seamus Wiles. Um, and as... It was, what, Olivia or Bolivia says thank you to Markham, and he's like, excuse me? You've never you been nice to me a day to me. in my life. This, this is really Bolivia being uh, not great at her job anymore. Mm-hmm. And Markham's like, she said, thank you. I need to leave. <laughs> oh, I got to go for about 20 minutes. <laughs> but hey, uh, um, don't worry, because we do get to leave. and We don't have to worry about whatever horrifying things are happening. And instead, we get the really, really weird Nina and astrid interaction for like the first time ever yeah i don't think we've ever really spoken before right because well not on not on not in not in a scene i don't think because it just feels really weird what but nina's at the lab um, nina doesn't she's, concern she's, herself yeah. with the help <laughs> basically and to be fair that is true she she just she uh she has like a brief like you know nothing conversation with astrid and then just ignores her and stares at walter (laughs) she's like walter want to go get high (laughs) as as the wiki says they share prescribed smoke and remember their younger days oh my gosh yes that that is you know it's legal because they're they're they have a they have a prescription for it No, it's legal because they're rich. Yeah, pretty much. Maybe that one. Uh, they don't go to jail. They go to rehab. At which point we do get um, Nina and Walter discussing how um, academics these days are cowards. Uh, and <laughs> look at them being scared to think for themselves. What has capitalism done to everyone? Uh, and she's like, you're a huge contributor to capitalism. You own the most successful company in the history of man. <laughs> And he goes, wait, and Walter's like, isn't it amazing? (laughs) He goes, what is in this shit? (laughs) You telling me that the whole them calling academics today cowards didn't just like feel like a whole like jab at capitalism to you guys? (laughs) (laughs) That's what I got. Be safe. Keep your head down and get a good job. Don't don't fuck up your chance while you're in university. (laughs) (laughs) Don't do any conferences. That's the most important thing basically <laughs> all right conferences are exposure and exposure is bad moving on from that <laughs> basically um, have... they're talking about peter and investigating the device and walter's like if he does it i think it's gonna kill him and nina's like he's gonna fucking do it anyway so you might as well help him mm-hmm. might as well try and not kill him while it happens because it's gonna it's gonna happen either way yeah. walter's like it might kill him and nina's like don't be a pussy you need to help him anyways. Remember, look at look at all the cool things that you now have at Massive Dynamic. Why are you not in like insisting that he use all of them? <laughs> yeah. Um then we cut to Peter and Bolivia driving in the car and Peter's like flipping through the book and apparently the first people are like the precursor race. Um 
uh, they discovered a vacuum, a source of creation and destruction. Um, I was only very confused when they first called this a vacuum. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's definitely not the vacuum that my downstairs, the downstairs tenants are currently blaring, which is nice that they're doing at 3.40 instead of 11.55 p.m. But, oh, oh sh- but that's a rant for another day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, they were wiped out by a cataclysm, and Peter's like, "This book is all hooey. It's hoopla. It's bullshit." Um, and then he's like, Everything "Wait, here's a lie. Wait, maybe not. I found a chart, and um, the numbers correspond to this chart, and it's got like it's the calendar of the first people, and there's period of darkness. To- dark meets light." Uh, period of light and then light meets dark so it's like there's a cycle and there's an outer ring of 360 degrees and then an inner ring of seemingly random numbers but they line up and with what, the what ones I will the say podcast. is that this is literally just this is literally just a day cycle because you've got period of darkness dark meets light like all of those are just like you know parts of a day yeah you know like yeah. normal <laughs> life essentially <laughs> yes um, but we do also get, once again, Bolivia being battered job because it takes her a long time to remember all those numbers that Astrid was was uh, it, looking yeah. at earlier. It really does. Peter just casually goes, hey, do you mind saying those numbers? Which he also knew what they were, like, because he, he finishes her sentence. <laughs> but, well, well no, maybe he's it triggered and he's, yeah, he's just, yeah, he reads off the book at the end because it is like 15842 is part oh, okay. of the string that you see typed at the beginning of the, oh, the show. okay i thought he knew what they were he was just being a dick <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> no um but yeah so it does appear that these first people are connected to the the broadcast stations mm-hmm. in what way we don't know Ooh. or astrid thinks it's bullshit and someone has this book <laughs> yeah astrid thinks it's complete bullshit and walter's like nah we're probably not the first people on the planet I saw it in a acid dream. Yes. As I see everything. <laughs> Remember, humans have to be the dominant species, and therefore they had to exist before dinosaurs. But then something bad happened. Yep. So then dinosaurs happened. And then we came <laughs> back, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Evolution. Because that makes Jesus sense. rode in on Nazareth on an ass, except that ass was a velociraptor. <laughs> Read up on that your does Bible. That's pretty cool. Like, honestly, if, if that was Christianity, I'd probably be a little bit more interested in their, like, one time man and dinosaurs lived in harmony. <laughs> and it was thanks to Jesus. But then the Romans killed him because they didn't like dinosaurs. <laughs> and then, like, Rome, that's a much better story. Rome and the dinosaurs fought a long, prolonged war that ended both civilizations. <laughs> <laughs> the fall of Rome was due to a T Rex that was also killed. Well, no, it was just that the Romans developed a nuke, but didn't understand how to use it. And this is why we shouldn't use <laughs> nuclear weapons. <laughs> the Roman word for darn dinosaur is barbarian. <laughs> <laughs> they, used, they used a Latin word to describe a different Latin term. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> Turns out Barbarian hey, uh, loosely translates to really shitty, terrible lizard. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, uh, it's okay, because just like how we're going to like transfer away from this, uh, Bolivia comes in and transfers away from their doomsday talk to, Hey, Walter, look, I brought you whatever the American version of the beaver tail is. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, what is the American version of a beaver tail? Let us know, listeners. Please. Let let us know. Don't Google it. I they was... have to do this. We're never going to hear from them. They don't exist. But but also, did anyone else, like, Walter was eating that, and I was like, oh my god, I want a beaver tail. I haven't had a I... beaver tail in forever. Oh, oh man, god. i craving beaver tail and fucking, uh, oh god, funnel cake and, like, deep the fry, last time... like, Mars bars and shit. Oh. The last time I had a beaver tail was Canada 150. Oh, man. And it was mainly they to get out of campus. the rain. Because you were there, David. Yeah. I want poutine oh, as well. I haven't had poutine oh, in a long while. I had I had poutine the other night, and it was Fuck. great, even though I'm paying for it now. I really need to find a place that has lactose-free poutine. Oh, yeah, dude. Take your lactate, you <laughs> monster. Jesus, I don't have lactate. Get lactate, you <laughs> then monster. Then go get some. <laughs> I really should. You eat so much cheese. I, I, we buy lactose-free cheese. I have lactose-free Indian-style ice cream that's mango-flavored and delicious. <laughs> Side, Got just it. quick little tangent. They also have a rose-flavored one. Mm-hmm. And if you've never had rose syrup before, it tastes exactly like a rose smells. And that's the only way I can describe it. I've had um, rose tea before, it's... and that's pretty good. It's... I had a rose something. It was tasty. It's just so weird being like, you taste it and you go, I am, this is, it tastes how I would imagine a smell tastes. Which isn't normally how things work, as I learned about soap yep. at a very <laughs> young age. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. F- episode. Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Astrid is working on the book. And Peter is looking through the second cube, and he finds out, oh, hey, the new transistor, it's Polish military grade. So this will be able to help us track down we'll be because to... it. I guess they have to retain shipping records on everything. Um, you know, there's only a couple places that sell Polish military grade transistors, question mark, question mark, question mark, in the United States. Um, and don't worry, they all require a valid address to, to get them shipped. Yeah. Uh, Astrid can't figure out the thing though until Walter's like, "Oh, um, the first people cucumber and cheese sandwich." (laughs) Yeah, avocado, cucumber, and cheese. Uh, Let's not talk about that. Ah. Um, but he's like, the first people had a different concept of time than us, and so Astrid, um, uh, is like, "Oh, it's a cipher. We need the decoder ring, which is the book." Mm -hmm. Uh, and so she starts drawing a grid and I guess cracking the code. Um, gets gets down to work on it and yeah. man can you imagine if you'd been like researching this for five years and then just like someone comes in and cracks the code in two days <laughs> it would like suck. how upsetting that would be okay but to be fair they do have access to the book which is supposed to be like a decoder ring which i don't think yeah. he gave to anyone else so it's like trying to solve a cipher without the key like they literally yeah. have the key here yeah in the meantime, uh, Bolivia goes to Feller's apartment, and she's like, hey, buddy, you're fucking up a lot here. You can't hurt any more innocent people because that puts them on the trail. And he's like, okay, I guess I'll leave then. Um, and she gets a call from Broyles, and they're like, oh, we're on our way to the apartment. Are you already here? And Well, no, it's just like, yeah, no, she's like, all right, cool, I'm on my way. Uh yeah, sorry. And then they pull up and they're like, oh, Olivia's already here. And there's Feller flying out the window. Yep. 
Interesting. Well, hey, it's all good because Feller's like, hey, what's my next assignment? And Olivia's like, don't worry, I got one for you. Stand beside that window. <laughs> uh... It's cool, though, because he bleeds mercury, so he was a shapeshifter. And therefore, Ooh. Olivia's fine in murdering him in cold blood. I just, Throwing I love him out how, a I, fucking window. I love Broyles' face as he lands because he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, it's like wide eyed rage. <laughs> And they look up. I will say, Olivia's Olivia's story here is bullshit because she walks out of the hall, like she walks out of the hallway and hugs Peter, and she's like, "I I came, I came to the door, and he was trying to leave, so I had to push him all the way through his apartment to his window and kill him through the glass window." Yup, (laughs) yup. And like, she's all traumatized and stuff. I'm like, you have killed people in worse ways. I'm sure, Like, like. but hey, it's, like, it's okay because, We've you know, seen Olivia headshot two shapeshifters like that. Yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs> including having to murder one of her, like, you know, close friends as a shapeshifter. Yeah. Yep, and not giving a shit at all. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we cut back to Astrid and Walter still working on cracking the code, and they're not having too much luck. But then the sun hits just right. Hits the numbers. The sun hits that globe just right. Yeah, and they get imprinted onto a globe, and she's like, it's a coordinate system. Wow, I'm sure they use the same coordinate system as us. Yep, Uh, I'm sure we can easily (laughs) transpose this to the current longitude and latitude system that we use. (laughs) Apparently they can, because they they do, and they find a specific location on a map, and they're like, they're going to be buried there. Um. Unfortunately, before that happens, uh, we we do cut back to uh, Peter examining the shapeshifter and uh, trying to get that data disc. And Bolivia doing the slightest smile as she sees Peter sigh because the data disc has been just shattered. Yep. Yeah. You know, just like the man's spine, but that's beside the point. <laughs> uh, you would think it would be made out of stronger stuff. He'd really expect. But hey, um, back to the lab. Look at this amazing coordinate system. Um, we 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 cracked the code. This we is use... all latitude and longitude. Uh, here's the closest one to New Jersey. We go, I guess. Yep. Because <laughs> everything horrible is in New Jersey. <laughs> and yep, everything everything horrible is there because we we cut to the dig site and it's just like an empty lot that they're just digging through. Yep. Good thing no one owned that land, I guess. Eh. Yeah. Patriot Act. I don't think you can. <laughs> civil Sorry, forfeiture. Sorry, you have to blow up your building for the Patriot Act. Hey, no, um... civil, civil forfeiture. They seize it from the developer because the land has committed a crime. Hey, uh, your land and is then in the developer has an to... illegal weapon, so it's against the Patriot Act, I guess. Well, no, civil forfeiture. If you can say that, like, oh, illegal dealings have been done on this land, you can seize the land. Yeah, and then but the that's... owner of the land has to prove the land's innocence instead of the state yes. or federal yes, government. Having but to the prove problem, guilt. the problem with that is, it makes me sad because it because it's, it's a real thing. It's a real thing, and man, life is fucked. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. Burn it all down. Start new. <laughs> All right, but, but like hey, leave um, leave video games alone. <laughs> but they dig up the thing, we... and then we learn, <gasps> or someone has a, Astrid has an epiphany <laughs> or something, and then, and then <gasps> wait, hold on, who thought of this? <laughs> and then we learn that oh my god, they're all parts of the machine. Oh. 
I will also say we do also get a very important scene between Peter and Bolivia of Bolivia being like, listen, but if you knew that it was either this universe or the other universe, you do everything to protect your universe. Right, Peter? Uh, Yeah, your universe, not our universe. And Peter's like, 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 the fuck? No, save them both. He's like, Kobayashi Maru has a solution. Like... (laughs) I do like Peter going, no, the, the the other people have lives and families just like we do here. I would not put one over the other. And it's just Bolivia kind of going, hmm, you're a coward in her head. <laughs> <laughs> Can't believe I slept with a coward. <laughs> Bolivia being like, hmm, blue universe has made you soft. Yeah. So she goes to report that. She goes to the, yeah, because they, they dig it up and they're like, oh, it's a piece of the box. Um, and so they they find out it's a piece of machine and Bolivia's like well there's 37 more locations to go to um and then she makes her way to the typewriter store to continue her hobby and tests out a new typewriter by saying they've located pieces of the device and then this new hobby typewriter writes back well done initiate phase two this was planned from the beginning and then we end we end on a good cliffhanger in red universe uh, where Brandon calls Olivia and is like, hey, you know those drug tank experiments we've been doing? Yeah, Walter to put those on hold. We'll let you know when we want to resume them. Mm-hmm. And um, Hallucipeter is like, hmm, must have gotten what they want from you. You should probably try and head back anymore else they're going to kill you. And that's where we end. Yeah. Yep. Spooky. Poor alternate universe Olivia, or poor R Olivia trapped in the alternate universe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the... Isn't it just so confusing, David? Oh my gosh. <laughs> the observer is behind, is in the crowd behind the crime scene tape when Peter is pulling the um, the chip out of the shapeshifter. And the cipher awesome. or the glyph for this episode is, de- is decay. Hey. Also, so I think this one's good. I think this next episode clue is actually really good. Last this one's good. If I recall, was good as well, right? Like I wasn't furious yes. about that this one. This is yeah, two in a row. Super. This is two in a row of like solid, not bullshit in my mind. Don't All you agree, right. Charlie? No, this one's this one's pretty solid. Hit me with it. All right. So, David, <laughs> last last episode, um, we remember when we went to. <laughs> Um, a subway station, the Franklin Street subway station. Yes, vaguely. Very vaguely, because it's been a week. Yep. Um, so and I've been on playing the Monster sign Hunter. there, <laughs> on the sign there, um, in circles that are shit that are colored green, 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 red, are the numbers six nine five five. Ah, okay, that's a good one. I'll accept this. Foreshadowing <laughs> the hypnotic slash amnesiatic effect of the numbers. Program. I will accept that because it's the green, 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 red, as well as the num- actual numbers. <laughs> I will accept that. It's that's probably like that's, not it's just the numbers, but with an actual there. French fringe like, yeah. That's something you could pause at and go, hmm, the next episode is probably going to deal with these numbers, or we're getting hypnosis again. Yeah. And yeah, that's an actual tangible tie. <laughs> I will accept this. <laughs> <laughs> 
this one gets to live. <laughs> we'll see about the next one. All right. Uh, episode ratings, I guess. We'll start with Nick this time because I always go to David. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, starting off with me, uh, I thought this was a pretty. I thought this was a pretty solid episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I the 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 whole background of like what's actually causing this kind of pissed me off but the the like kind of like pacing the episode and the like bringing up like a back that isn't just like immediately like shapeshifters bullshit or something from the other side was like fun yeah and uh that sort of things i'm gonna give this i'm still i'm still only gonna give this like a three and a half i think is where i'm gonna land with this episode um because yeah thought it was a fun thought it was a fun episode had some issues with it um and there was a decent amount of like slightly upsetting bullshit that happened but overall fun episode wouldn't hate watching again but probably once again wouldn't make the cut of a rewatch if i was only watching like you know my top like five episodes from a season right i i i agree to that we've had like a string of good episodes but nothing really in the past couple that have been like amazing I mean, yeah. I'm not going to complain. The shapeshifters about... one was really good, actually. Uh, the uh, Blade Runner, but, but do shapeshifters dream? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I, again, I wouldn't say that was an amazing episode, though. Just a good episode. Like, I feel like the last five or so episodes, like this so far, this season has been good. Like, I'm trying to think. Back. We haven't had a yeah. We we've we've had like some like very good is what i'll say mm-hmm. like i go to very good like maybe edging towards spectacular right but we also haven't had one that's just like hurt to watch yet nothing yeah nothing's it's, hurt to watch been nothing's consistent. been amazing i would say either yeah the, yeah, the yeah. last now, couple episodes fair, we're hitting sorry we're hitting the mid part of the season yeah. um which is the spooky time in fringe for some reason those are the bad episodes seriously yeah <laughs> i mean not according to other people just according to us I... other... episodes like nine through like 14 are like terrifying people sometimes they're bound. great sometimes they're awful again people loved bound we just gotta remind people ourselves that... that that episode's trash <laughs> <sighs> oh. but yeah no this is a solid three and a half it yeah. sets up some very important plot stuff. Like, we're getting pieces of the machine. Uh, we're apparently moving towards a confrontation with Olivia and Bolivia. Because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Olivia is trying to escape back to our universe, and Bolivia's facade is starting to crack a bit where she's not playing the role perfectly. And it looks like um, Thomas Jerome Newton was right, and she's way in over her head and yep. can't quite deal with this. Cause you know what? She screwed up. She caught feelings. Ooh. Yeah. I, I'm just gonna say. I'm just gonna say that basically the shapeshifters are just better at this. And why the fuck did they yeah. send not a shapeshifter <laughs> to do this? Yeah. <laughs> just it, kill Bolivia. Use her. Replace body her to with make a shapeshifter. <laughs> then send that shapeshifter over. It's the perfect plan. Can you get? Can the shapeshifters copy the same body? I would imagine so. As long as they you have access to the body. want two shapeshifters with the same body? Well, I mean, yeah, just send over like seven Olivias. <laughs> so, so my question is, can the shapeshifters do this without killing someone? Like if they, like you sedated someone and then did the so, whole like stick yeah, to the roof of the mouth? Yeah, so far every time we've seen a shapeshifter change someone, they've, had to, they've killed the person they've changed into. So I don't yeah, know. But, but I maybe think, that's just convenient so they yeah, don't run into I, the sound, them. I think, I think that's MO where you don't want, yeah, you don't want your copy I don't running know. I'm around just thinking, as well. I'm just assuming that the process kills the person they turn into until proven otherwise. 
Well, That's no, fair. but the shapeshifters are like would be like sociopaths then, and just like you know, just do it while they're alive because it's going to kill them anyways. Why would they like worry about killing them beforehand? Because well, it's quieter. <laughs> stab that, stab that fork right into their uh, right into their palate, and just, you know, get it over with. <laughs> oh, that hearty crunch. Oh jeez. All right. With that, I think we'll be brought to the end of the episode. End the episode with the hearty crunch. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard, please feel free to give us a like or review on your podcatching service of choice. Uh the may you know, the big ones, iTunes, uh, Google Podcast, uh, Spotify. Um yeah, those ones. Um if you want to get into contact with us and yell at us for having terrible hot takes, uh, feel free to email us at uh, forsaf at gmail.com. That's F-O-U-R-S-A-A-F at gmail.com. Or you can also tweet us at forsaf, spelled exactly the same goddamn way. Why do I have to spell everything out for you? Jesus Christ. <laughs> I hope you all still uh, enjoy the podcast and don't stop listening because of that. But, you know... <laughs> I've lost my train of thought. You've infected me, Nick. You're welcome, David. Enjoy. (laughs) Um, yeah. Um, (laughs) Welcome. Just, just end it. I, I love you. Outro. The theme music for Four Seasons and a Funeral is Algorithms by Chad Crouch and is licensed under an attribution non-commercial 3.0 Creative Commons license.